Well, I do expect you to dress up for our Valentine's. Um, I expect jean shorts and a bowl cut. So, you know, that's the requirement to come. So, uh, it is a, a lot more fun if you do dress up, but don't feel pressured like you have to. But um, we're going to have a good time this Friday, so I hope you guys can uh, join us uh, in having some fun, but also uh, making a difference in the kingdom would be delight. So, all the money that we get will go towards that. So, um, good morning. Um, I'm not pastor. <laughs> That's the, the famous line there. Uh, we do miss pastor. I, I am a little jealous of him, though. Whenever he sends us all those pictures of him skiing and stuff, I'm like, man, I haven't been skiing since I was in like high school um, about 30 years ago. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, I, you know, here's what, I'm, here's what I'm proposing, just on the spot. Let's take a, a church ski trip, you know, to uh, hey, whoever wants to go. Somebody else can uh, plan that, but, you know. <laughs> Um, if you do it, I'll, I will, I will come. So, um, but I'm glad that pastor and Miss Brenda are with family and they're able to have a good time there. So, um, I have to give you a little preface to the message here. Um, I'm going to get a little nerdy this morning and, um, we're going to be going all kinds of places in scripture. So I hope it doesn't get too confusing. Um, but the idea is to show that Scripture really is interwoven, I mean, throughout, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You can see, like, how God's story just pictures, like, so much throughout it. And so we're going to be going New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament, Old Testament, kind of back and forth here and there. So uh, I hope you're ready for that. Uh, we are going to be in the book of John, so if you want to turn there, John chapter 7, we're going to be there all day. Um, outside of flipping back and forth, but we will be in John chapter 7. 7 is actually a big number in John. There's lots of sevens when you read the book of John. For instance, there are seven I am statements. When he says, I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door of the sheep, the good shepherd, the resurrection and life, the way, truth, and life, and and the true vine. There's only seven miracles mentioned in the book of John, the whole book. But he calls them signs because each one points to Christ as him being the Messiah. Seven. There's seven discourses or, or blocks of teaching in there. There's seven festivals, and I can go on and on and on. You know, there's seven, seven, seven. So if you're diligent in reading the book of John, you will see these sevens. We just happen to be in chapter seven. No reference. John didn't write the chapters, but, you know. Uh, John chapter seven, and we're going to be reading verses 37 through 39. I'll be reading today out of the English Standard Version, so uh, if you got one of those, you can follow along with me. Um, But yours should say something similar. It says this, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit whom he whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit has not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's pray over the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, the truth of your word, and it is truth. Thank you, God, that we can look to the word of God in these times where there's so much deception and so much that tries to take our attention away from what is true. But Lord, I thank you that if it's in your word, it's true. So I pray, God, this morning that you would speak, let your word speak, 
and may our hearts be changed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to dissect, like a surgeon's scalpel, hopefully, this passage right here, these three verses. It's going to take me a while. I apologize. I don't apologize. I do apologize, okay. Uh, but we're going to just take it phrase by phrase and, um, and just show like how Scripture points and what all we can get from this. So the first part of this is on the last day of the feast. Which feast? Glad you asked. Jesus is at the festival of tabernacles. Again, there's seven festivals that Jesus attends. This is number five out of seven. This festival goes from John chapter 7, verse 1, all the way to John chapter 10, verse 21. It's all the same festival. It's all one week. This festival is also called the festival of, uh, in your Bible it may say, tents, booths, or sukkot. And basically what it was was, um, I mean, well, let, me, let me back up. Festival of Tabernacles. The tabernacle, if you're not familiar, maybe you've forgotten. The tabernacle was just a big tent. And when, when Israel had come out of Egypt and they were wandering in the desert for those 40 years, God instructed them to make a big tent to house the Holy of Holies and the Ark of the Covenant where his presence was. That big tent was the tabernacle. But they call it the Festival of Tabernacles because everybody lived in tents. <laughs> There were no houses in the desert. They didn't have time because they were up and moving a lot. So um, it, this festival was to remember the 40 years in, in, in the desert where everybody lived in tents. As a matter of fact, people would come from all over Israel and even other nations to come and celebrate this for a week. And guess what they would do? They would build temporary tents and live in them for an entire week to remember it's good that we remember, right? I think for a lot of us, um, you know, you may can relate to me, um, different generations maybe, but for a lot of us, we probably grew up poor or on the poor side. I hear stories from, you know, my dad or friends or different people talking about how they only had one set of clothes on Sunday or one set of shoes. You know, that was, that was their Sunday attire, maybe just one set, or how they had to raise all their own food. They had their own chickens, their own cows, their own this. They didn't go to the grocery store very much. It's like, you made your own butter, you made your own cheese. Like, there was times not too long ago when this was normal. Uh, we didn't have TVs, maybe. Uh, didn't have a, a car. But those things, it was enough. But now, we seem, a lot of us have plenty of stuff, right? We have plenty of stuff. We got TV, we got phones, we got computers, we got cars. We got all these things, all these luxuries, but sometimes we need a reminder of, of the times whenever we didn't have those things, right? The times whenever we weren't, may not have been quite as blessed. And those, uh, sometimes we just need to say no to some things, or we need to go live out in a tent maybe uh, for a week so that we can appreciate more some of the things we have. I remember when Lacey and I first got married, we had a lot of money. By a lot of money, I mean we didn't have any money. <laughs> um, I remember at my first job at a church, I made $5,000 a year. And so I picked up some other jobs. I picked up um, refereeing, basketball, and doing yard work on the weekends. And I subbed every day of the week just to try to pay the bills. Never had cable. Still never had cable. Uh, I remember having $5, $10 in my bank account. Some of you college students could probably relate to this, right? $5, $10 in your bank account. I'm like, please. My car's on E. I just need to make it to my next paycheck, you know? It's like, just make it. But remembering these times helps us appreciate 
how, what God has done in our life and the things that we have. And that was the same principle. They did this every year for a week. They would stay in tents. So what, what else happened at the Festival of Tabernacles? This festival, is, by the way, is very important. So I'm going to stay on here just for a little bit because it's going to help the rest of our passage make sense. So three things were typically celebrated um, at the Festival of Tabernacles. Number one, the giving of the name of God. We, we see that in Exodus chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, where Moses is like being sent to the people of Israel. And he's like, man, who am I supposed to tell who sent me? And God responds to Moses. He says, I am that I am. And he said, tell him I am sent you. And he said, okay. And he was given the name Yahweh. The second thing they celebrate is the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Um, and so in the desert, you know, that's how they were led. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night when they, when they had to uh, move. God led them that way. And so what they would do at the Festival of Tabernacles is they built, they had these massive 75-foot pillars uh, uh, in, in the courtyard of the temple. And on top of it, they would light these torches. And these torches were pretty big. Um, and it was said that you could see it from every courtyard in, Israel, or in Jerusalem. Like the light from the 75 foot, there's four, I, think, I believe there's four of them, that they would light, you could see the light. And so that's how they would celebrate the pillar of fire, being uh, lighting the way. The third thing, which is what we're going to focus on mostly this morning, was the miraculous provision of water from the rock. And if you want, you can turn with me to Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. I will read this one. Um, Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. It says this, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. I hope I got that right. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why are you quarreling with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted, thirsted there for water. And the people grumbled against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? They were a little dramatic, okay? But that's people for you. So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff in which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So one of the celebrations here at this festival, this was a festival people wanted to go to. This is, this is one they traveled for. This is one of the three required festivals that men uh, and families, they would usually take their families, but men especially would, would be required to go to Israel for. Uh, one of them was the Festival of Pentecost or the Festival of Weeks. One of them was the Passover and this festival right here, the Festival of Tabernacles. And what they did was they would celebrate this with water ceremonies. And so every morning for a week, the high priest would go down to the Pool of Siloam by the temple, and he would draw with a golden pitcher water out of the Pool of Siloam. And he would take it up to the temple, to the altar, and he would pour it down the steps of the altar. And this was to reenact the fact that the people of Israel were thirsty. You know? And uh, this occurred in September or uh, mid-September, late September, October, just depending on the year, uh, right after harvest season. 
And so not only did it represent thirst, but it also represented their trust in God. They trusted God for water for the next year, and they also thanked God for water for the previous year because this was right after the harvest. Is everybody still with me? Okay, that was phrase number one. (laughs) So I told you we're going to dissect this, right? So in verse 37, it says, On the last day of the feast, which we just covered, the great day. We'll stop there. The great day, the last day, this was the day of the days, right? This was the celebration. And let me give you an example just to kind of like put this into perspective. I think about, you know, we're here in Tuscaloosa. Around September, October, like this festival, what's one thing we like to do? We like to watch college football. And how do some people like to watch college football? They like to watch it on campus. A lot of people build tents on the campgrounds of the UA, and they have food, they celebrate, they have a good time, they're watching the game, they visit each other's tents. You get to meet people that way. It's awesome. You see tents everywhere. That's kind of like how it was. And so imagine, I want you to imagine me for a second. We did this every year. But you took off from work for an entire week, okay? You didn't go to work. You traveled from wherever, all across the state of Alabama. We came here for the Alabama-Auburn game, okay? And for that Iron Bowl week, we come down and we pitch a tent. We're not living in our house. We're living in tents next to each other. We're hanging out. We're celebrating. We're like, man, this is going to be a great game. And finally, on the last day of the week, the great day, Alabama and Auburn play. And Alabama wins. Amen. <laughs> uh, but and that's why it's a great day. You know, that's why it's great. But this was the last day. This was the great day. It was the most celebrated. It was the most dancing. It was the most, like, it was, it was a great day of all these ceremonies. And I want you to check out how Jesus interrupts the story, because this is crazy right here, okay? In verse 37, it says, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, they're pouring out water. They're literally doing ceremonies to pour out water. People are thirsty. It's hot. It's dry. They're like, there's not as much water available at this time. They're showing their trust in God by doing these things. And Jesus said, hey, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. Now, the Super Bowl is today. Many people would consider today a great day, not just because it's Sunday. Christians would say because it's Sunday. A lot of people say this is a great day because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Did you know? Super Bowl is the most watched event in the United States in the year with over 100 million viewers. It is the single most watched event of the year. As a matter of fact, I think it has like like 30 of the uh, top 32 events on TV ever watched. 30 of them are Super Bowls uh, from the past. So of most people watched in the United States. So imagine for me again, we're at the Super Bowl, people's everywhere, thousands of people. Teams come out, the Eagles come out, the Chiefs come out, everybody's celebrating, and then everybody hushes because we got to sing the national anthem, right? So we sing the national anthem, and everybody's singing. It's great. Everybody's pumped up. And as soon as the national anthem gets done playing, somebody comes across the intercom. And they say, hey, listen to me. When you get thirsty, don't be drinking that Gatorade. Come to me and drink. What? I mean, have you ever been around people that's, like, embarrassing? I mean, if you've had kids, I know they've said embarrassing things, right? (laughs) Like, 
Kids speak their mind. If they think you're ugly, they'll come up to you and say it. You know, you're like, please don't say that. We don't say it at our house, I promise. You know, like, uh, they'll tell all your junk. They'll tell everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, or maybe you have an embarrassing. I remember when I was younger, uh, I was, th- this is going to sound contradictory. I promise it's not. I was one of the most introverted people. One of the most introverted people. Um, I hated being in front of class. I hated people, attention, all that stuff. But there was an exception to this rule. When I got around a bunch of people I didn't know, I'd be wild, okay? Like, I remember going to Disney World with my sister, didn't know anybody. I was giving people hugs and high fives and doing all kinds of dances in the street. It didn't matter because I didn't know anybody, right? So I wasn't really embarrassed, but I was embarrassing. Can you imagine Jesus' disciples being like, hey, Jesus, um, you know the high priest is up there, like, performing stuff, right? You know everybody's, like, probably quiet at this time, and he just gets up and yells, If anyone is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. He don't stop there. Let's keep reading. Verse 38. He said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This reminds me, I forgot to give you my title. Uh, The title of the message this morning (laughs) I just, you know, I just straight past it, is let my river flow. Let my river flow. So here, uh, he says in verse 38, as the scripture has said. What's he talking about? What scripture? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we got to go back to the Old Testament. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 14, verse 8. Zechariah 14, 8 says, On that day, living water shall flow out of Jerusalem, half of them to the eastern sea and half of them to the western sea. It shall continue in summer as in winter. Now, if you read this literally, you're going to be really lost. This is not a literal prophecy. But what is it? Jerusalem is a reference to the church, the church that would, would be. It's a reference to us. We're the church. The living water is flowing half to the east, half to the west. It's saying that there's no boundary. It's going, it's going east, it's going west. The living waters will flow. And it's saying in summer and in winter, it doesn't matter the season. Right? The, the living waters of Jesus is going to flow no matter the season, no matter the direction. It's going to flow through the church. And that may not make a whole lot of sense right now, but we're going to get there too. promise. But what is living water? It's a cute phrase. But what does it mean? Well, living water is the opposite of dead water. What is dead water? Dead water is simply water that's not moving. It's like a lake. It's a body of water, but there's no movement. Living water is flowing water. It's moving water. It's water that can cleanse, be used for cleanse and purification. So in John chapter 7, verse 38, it says, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Which takes me to Ezekiel chapter 11, when Ezekiel prophesied about this. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 and 20, Ezekiel says this. All right, these are, there's so, like, I had to take out so many scriptures, but I just had to, like, pick some. There's so much that references here in John chapter 7. It's insane. But here we go. Ezekiel said, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. They may walk in the statues and keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. I wonder, is anybody thirsty this morning? You see, because Ezekiel says, you used to have a heart of stone, but I'm going to make it a heart of flesh. 
right? It's from the stone that was struck that rivers of living water came. See, our heart's getting changed into a heart of flesh and is becoming a heart that can flow with rivers of living water. But what is this living water? Well, we don't have to go very far. All we have to go is to the very next verse because it explains exactly what it is in verse 39. He said, now this he said about the Spirit. That's what it is. Whom those who believed in him were to receive for as yet the Spirit had been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Which we've been in the past. Now we're about to go to the future here. We're about to go into the book of Acts where the church is where we see this played out. We all know, I think we all know the story of the day of Pentecost where the Spirit fell, tongues of fire, and they began to speak in tongues, right? This, this is the completion of, of what he's saying. But I want to make reference to what Peter said. See, Peter stood up before everyone on that day, and he began to, he began to preach. And he quotes the book of Joel in chapter 2. And he says this in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Somebody get that baby over there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's my baby, so I can say, yeah. (laughs) Talk about embarrassing people, right? Okay. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. In the last days, it shall be as God declared. This is Peter saying this. In the last days. He's he's explaining what's happened on the day of Pentecost. That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. What's that mean? It don't matter if you're young or you're old. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if you're slave or free. In these days, the rivers of living water is going to flow. It doesn't matter the season. It doesn't matter the direction. But God's spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. And they will prophesy and you will see visions and dreams. And in these days it shall be. And we see that. I'll take you to Acts chapter 4 verse 31 through 33. Shortly after this. It says, and when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken. Mm. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the number of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Does that uh, remind you of a scripture we just read in Ezekiel? They're one heart. And no one said that any of these things belonged to him was his, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and the great grace was upon them all. The Holy Spirit is a river. It's a river. It's not a lake. You don't just go to the Holy Spirit when you're thirsty for something for you to drink. The Holy Spirit is meant for other people. You see, because the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, that's for others. It happens inside of you. It bubbles inside of you, but it's meant for others. The gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecy, uh, the, the miraculous healing, seeing all these signs and wonders, uh, the words of knowledge, that's not for you, that's for others. Because it's meant to move. It's meant to be an overflowing. It's meant to pour out. That's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to bring it to a close here. 
I'll, I'll try to wrap it all up here. I want you to see some of the, the significances of this festival is incredible. And I wish I could go through the, all from chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10 of uh, all that we see that, that, that Jesus does. But I am going to highlight a few that are really cool. Um, but first, let's see what Paul says about this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, because he references this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 4. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. You know, you know where we're at? Okay. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. This festival, it, uh, this festival of, of tabernacles happened exactly six months before the Passover in which Jesus was crucified. All this stuff happened exactly six months before. They struck the rock, who was Christ, but it was living water that flowed. It was living water that was to come, and that was the Holy Spirit. What else happened in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this festival of tabernacles? In John chapter 8, verses 12, um, I told you about the lighting of the torches and everybody could see. He's talking to the Pharisees and other Jews there at, this, at the temple of this festival. And he says, I am the light of the world. Jesus declared that. Not only was he the living water from the rock, but he was the light of the world. So that's, the, that's two out of three things they celebrated was the light, the rock. The third thing was the giving of the name. In John chapter 8, verses 58, he said, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was I am. He declared that he was the Christ, that he was the one to come, that he was the Messiah. And so that leaves us here today. What does it mean for us today? What that means is, number one, you need to believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah. If you're not saved in the place today, you need to get your heart right with God because he's speaking to you today. And all it takes is for you to surrender and make him Lord. To, make it, to stop being Lord of your life and to make him the Lord. But the second thing for us is, is a self-reflection. Are you truly, we, if you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The question is, do you have a lake or a river? Are you always just wanting things? Are you always concerned with inwardly? Or are you allowing the Holy Spirit to overflow and to flow out? Are you seeing the gifts of the Spirit? Are you seeing the things of God come before you? This morning, that's, that's going to be the altar call. Do, if you've never spoken in tongues before, if you've never had that baptism of the Holy Spirit, maybe this morning will be the morning. Here's the requirement. The only requirement is to be thirsty. Not for the things of this world, not for the things that, that satisfy your entertainment, but for the things of God. The people on the day of Pentecost, and the band can come back. I'm sorry, I always forget about that. Y'all don't have to hurry or anything, but, uh, <laughs> but um, I am wrapping up. So. But on the day of Pentecost, they prayed for 10 days. 10. 10 days. We can't even hardly play t- pray 10 minutes sometimes. Before we're, we're ready to give up and move on, right? Move on to like, oh, well, you know, we pray for healing, but we'll pray for it for a time, but then we give up. They didn't know how long they were supposed to wait. They were just told to go and pray and wait. Ten days. 
I wonder this morning, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Do you remember what it's like to be thirsty? We have access, in the United States, we have access to clean water pretty much everywhere we go. We don't remember what it's like to be thirsty. We don't know what it's like to be in the desert and to not have access. In the book of uh, Exodus, it's easy to point fingers at the people of Israel and be like, "Why, y'all are so dumb, complaining against God and against Moses. But we're not the ones that were there and that were thirsty. But God was more concerned than their physical thirst. He was concerned about their spiritual thirst. Are you thirsty? You can stand with me. So there's an invitation. I have an invitation for two, but I'm also going to include what Mr. Jim said earlier. If you know you're not right with the Lord, if you know you're not living for Him, or maybe you've never even, never given your life to the Lord, this morning's the morning. Don't wait any longer. God is here. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to set you free. But the choice is ours. The second thing, like Mr. Jim said, maybe, you, maybe you're tired and weary, worn out. Maybe some things of life have just been getting to you. And I tell you what, there's nothing like having a group of believers come around you to pray and just believe God together that he will strengthen you, that he will give you spiritual rest in these physical bodies. And the last thing is, 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 is a renewed sense of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you just felt like, man, either your river has dried up or drying up or you just feel like, man, I just, I'm not flowing out, let this morning be a morning of refreshing. If, if you want to receive the gift of speaking in tongues and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we'll pray for that. I can't guarantee it will happen this morning, but it might. I just know you got to be thirsty for it. But if you ain't thirsty, it ain't going to happen. So that's the invitation. If you would like to come down here for prayer, come now. We're going to pray. We're going to continue to sing and worship. And, uh, you know, if you see somebody down here that you want to continue to, to pray for somebody you know or maybe don't know, but just be led by the Spirit and let's allow Him to work in the, in, in the end of our service today, okay?